Hi, I'm Sean Hessinger, and this is Small Biz in 15, the show where we bring you small business success in 15 minutes or less. Please like and subscribe if you enjoy the show. Please listen to the end for our small biz tip in 15 seconds or less. The U.S. House Committee on Small Business recently held a hearing on the right to repair and what it means for entrepreneurs. Gay Gordon Byrne, executive director of the Digital Right to Repair Coalition, testified at the hearing and spent some time with us explaining the right to repair and its impact on small businesses. So, uh, Gay, let's uh, start by explaining the right to uh, repair. What, what does it mean exactly? Well, it doesn't actually mean a legal right. It's kind of a phrase. Um, the auto industry started using right to repair uh, when they started fighting for uh, the opportunity to buy manufacturer diagnostics and tools um, that had were being, they weren't selling them anymore to the independent mechanics. So they passed some legislation, they called it right to repair. We copied the legislation, so we called it right to repair. <laughs> Uh, it's really just the idea that if you buy something, um, the manufacturer should not prevent you from fixing it yourself or hiring somebody else that you trust to help you. How does it, now, how does, I mean, I think I kind of already know the answer to this question, but how does right to repair affect, uh, you know, small businesses, particularly like a lot electronics repair businesses and things like that? Because there are a lot of them around that repair things for people. Uh, most Repair businesses are, in fact, small businesses because repair doesn't scale very well um, unless you've got a million pieces of the same broken thing coming down an assembly line. Um, a small business is perfect for it because you never know who's going to walk in the door with what broken problem. Um, the problem is, is that repair businesses are basically being run out of business and they have been run being they're in great decline and have been in decline for at least 20 years, maybe longer. Um, as manufacturers stop, like your local TV repair guy, the local stereo guy, the appliance guy, the guy that fixed everything guy, they were mostly guys. Um, they, they, it's not that they wanted to retire. It's that they couldn't buy the, the information. They couldn't get the, do, the, the diagnostic tools. They couldn't get the parts. They couldn't get the diagrams. They basically were, were pushed out of business. And those businesses remain in decline. And we're losing small business at a rate of about 2% a year. Um, we have been for at least the past decade. So it's, it's a pretty, it's it's not a good picture. Um, why is it particularly timely now? Because I, I know you were you mentioned you were in D.C. earlier in the week. Why, why is it particularly timely at the moment? Well, it's not timely now. It's been timely for a long time. We've just managed to finally elevate um, the level of concern high enough so that legislature legislatures such as New York and Colorado are actually passing bills. Um, we've had the attention since 2019 of the Federal Trade Commission. The Department of Justice is interested. The administration has expressed interest. But really, this goes back to a decade of work. What's the difference between, I've heard of right to resell as well. What's the difference between right to repair and right to resell? Because if you can't fix your stuff, you also can't resell it. Uh, it's kind of a there's a two there's two problems. One is that it's not practical. People don't buy broken things unless they can repair them easily. Um, and if they can't repair them, the broken thing then becomes valueless. Um, maybe the maybe it's value a couple of spare parts, um, or 
but it basically loses all its value in the process. Unfortunately, manufacturers have done one even worse where some of the contracts that they're putting, forcing people to sign say that you can't resell your device um, without our permission. And that is a whole, whole other policy nightmare uh, totally illegal, by the way. So, yeah, right to repair. Basically, if you can fix your stuff, you can probably resell it. Well, in regards in regards to that, I was just thinking about right to uh, right to the the whole concept of right to repair. If you are an electronics or or other repair business right now, and you're you're operating, um, you were mentioning that there's legislation that literally people have had to pass it to ensure that people have the right to repair, even if manufacturers say you don't. Uh, are there any rules that you basically have to be aware of right now if you're if you're running this kind of business? Uh, no, the problem is really not between the manufacturer and the repair business, but the manufacturer and the consumer. I don't think that the repair shops need to be worried about that. I think they need to be worried about staying squeaky clean on uh, matters of copyright law, um, there are people who have gone to jail for doing things that seem completely innocent. So mm -hmm. people people in the repair business need to be very aware of what they can't do under copyright law. They got to be pretty careful about importing parts that may have trademarks on them. Um, because if the Department of Homeland Security comes in and to, <laughs> and comes in and seizes your stuff at customs, you you could be not only out some parts, you could be in some legal trouble. But these are not new problems. These are these are persistent problems. Yeah, you know, you were you were mentioning about not worrying so much. Is it not being a concern so much for repair uh, companies, but uh, maybe for businesses that uh, you know um, that were supplied the technology by somebody? Um, what what do non-repair businesses have to worry about when they? Um, when they have technology that they that they want to repair, as opposed to uh, you know buying new stuff all the time, because I know there's a lot of businesses that have uh, computers and and uh, networking systems and things like that that they you know they don't want to buy a new one right away, and then they'll go out and hunt around for somebody to fix it and get some you know some pay somebody you know whatever you know who who knows something about it to fix it. What what do they have to worry about? What do they risk? Well, right now they can't do what they want to do. It's not a matter of risk. It's literally they can't do it because the manufacturers are not letting the repair companies that have for 50 years been providing those services. They're not letting them buy the information and the parts and the tools yeah. and the diagnostics that they have to have in order to be able to offer those services. So small businesses are just as hurt as large businesses right now. Um, in that they're very limited by the manufacturers to how long they can keep their stuff up and running before the manufacturer just says, oh, no, it's obsolete. You can't get this anymore, even though maybe the product will run for another 20 years. But if the manufacturer says it's obsolete and they won't provide any help, uh, it, it could, in fact, be obsolete. Um, what What is the future like for this, I mean, is it likely that we're going to see more legislation passed to sort of um, to sort of per, per, you know protect this 
the people's ability to repair stuff that's older and it was small businesses in particular. And if small businesses are concerned, maybe you have a business where you, you regularly invest in computers and things like that. And it's a lot of money to keep upgrading every time. Um, what can concerned small businesses do? Is there a way to, to get involved or to put, put pressure on legislators or what can they oh. do? Um, yes, small businesses that don't like being forced to to buy new over and over and over again can very much advocate for themselves very effectively by contacting their state legislators. Uh, we've had bills um, filed in 43 of 50 states um, so far. Not every bill is active every year. Not every state does very much with the legislation, but that's where it can happen. And yes, there will be many more bills. Um, the bill that was passed in New York is still not officially law yet. It hasn't been signed by the governor. So anybody that wants to make sure that bill becomes available should think about contacting the governor and saying, I really need this. Uh, I can't continue to do this. It's too expensive. Uh, but there, every other state is also basically in play. Anybody that um, has ever used it. I guess, you know, one of the interesting things I've learned from doing this work, I'm originally a mainframe salesperson. So um, I was never, um, I was never a lobbyist. I was never an advocate. I just got really pissed off that people couldn't buy and sell and fix their stuff. Uh, but the, 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 every single one of the bill sponsors that have come forward to help us out was contacted by one of their business members. The small businesses started this. We've had every, uh, it is really very personal. When a small business goes and meets with their legislator and they say, I'm getting killed, I need your help, they really do hear you. So I would say, yeah, get involved. You don't have to pay a lot of money. You just you know, pick up the phone and call your, call your representative, your state rep or your state senator and say, I need your help. I was thinking, and uh, we'll just shoot this question out here. If it's not only a legislature, legislative, or not primarily a legislative barrier, um, even if laws change, there's really nothing that can force a, a big manufacturer to provide more uh, technology or more things, I, I suppose, for people to repair their stuff. Is this a legal problem or, or could it also be an entrepreneurial problem? I mean, it sounds to me like a great opportunity to manufacture uh, technology that you actually provide the, the means to repair, because it seems like there would be a demand for that. Uh, there is a demand and there is and there are is whatever. Um, there are manufacturers that are responding, uh, but the cost of manufacturing complex electronics really is beyond the means of a, a small entrepreneur. Um, if they're able to design something that's popular in the marketplace and have it produced, um, yeah, there's there's opportunities for that. They tend to it's very capital intensive to do that, though. Um, the reason that we need laws is that we have laws saying that manufacturers cannot monopolize repair. So they really don't have a right to say you can't repair your stuff. <laughs> but there's no real practical requirement in current law that says, Oh, in addition, Mr. Manufacturer, if you're going to do business in my state, you must then provide the parts, tools, diagnostics, and firmware that's necessary for consumers to repair their stuff. And that is the legislative um, aspect of it that is that is working. Um, it works for the auto industry, and it's working. It will work uh, just as well for consumer products. 
So the legislation is 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 more than um, stopping them from trying to prevent it. it. It's really for requiring. It's really to require them to yeah. to provide this stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. what they're doing is illegal. Um, but we need the practical opportunity to buy the things we need to fix our stuff, and that's what has been missing in law, and that's why there has to be new law as opposed to amending old old law. Believe me, if we could have done this, I, I I'm past retirement age. I don't need to be doing this. If I didn't have to do it, I wouldn't be doing it. So, um, and most of our members, we get about 400 um, businesses um, and some pretty significant trade associations that are members of the association or the coalition. Our board is fabulous. We got 20 fabulous, amazing people on the board and they all have day jobs. We've been very fortunate that our, our board has been Oh, we haven't had it turnover. We haven't had hardly any turnover in our board since we got started. Um, and they're deeply, deeply involved. We have meetings every two weeks. Everybody's on the call. It's, it's, I'm really, I'm really proud of our board. <laughs> um, we would happily go on and do other things if we didn't have to, but this is pretty much a, an existential threat. Um, all of us that have stuff in our homes and we have a lot of stuff with digital parts. The day is fast coming when none of them will be repairable. And then we'll all be throwing stuff away all the time, buying new all the time. And um, and there will there will be no escape. So we really this is essential legislation. And for the most part, um, I'd say 98 percent of the people that we've spoken to agree with us really should have the option. And that's what right. the legislation is all about. It's kind of restoring the options we used to have 20 years ago, where yeah. we used to be able to fix our own stuff. We could go to Radio Shack, buy a part. We could order a part. It would show up. <laughs> so it's it, it's not a hard lift. Okay, this is a lot of good stuff. Um, can you think of anything we didn't cover? Well, if if people, I just would really press on the, the personal nature of advocacy. Um, this is not going to the voting booth and voting. This is calling up a representative and sticking your hand up and saying, I have a problem. And most people don't do it, but it, if they do it, they'll find a tremendous response. They will get a lot of attention and they will be heard. So that's that's my message is get involved, get involved. It doesn't, doesn't cost you a dime. Just pick up the phone, call somebody. And now it's time for our small biz tip in 15 seconds or less. Repair businesses can be an excellent opportunity for entrepreneurs with the proper skills. You can help other small businesses or the general public maintain their technology and save money while you build your list of customers. Thanks again to Gay Gordon Byrne. And please like and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And please leave a comment and let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in future programs. For more small business news and tips, join us at smallbiztrends.com.